Cinnamon sugar toast might be the most delicious type of toast. Some call it a struggle meal, a means of getting by. I'm Felicia Mysick. For almost 20 years, I've been helping people in their pursuit of success, amplify the leader within them to unlock hidden potentials to become change makers in their personal and professional lives. My life started when I decided to make intentional moves. Join me and our Decide Storytellers as we unpack the myths of the struggle and how the decisions we make intentionally lead us from struggle to success. Here's this week's Decide Story. Hello, everybody. It's me, Felicia Meisick, and I am here today with another Decide Storyteller. Our Decide Storyteller today is Kenneth Blocker. He will share how his specialty is social and emotional development, which separates him from other coaches and from being a head coach with his own program. He is now training players and youth coaches. Uh, Welcome, Mr. Blocker. Let me get him up. Let me get him up. Hi, Kenneth. What's up? Did you say Kenneth? No. (laughs) I hate that. Oh, Kenneth. Kenneth. What's up? Kenneth Blocker. I like Kenneth. (laughs) Women usually do. I can't stand it. Hmm? Do you ever go by that? Do you ever just, do you introduce yourself as Kenneth ever? Never. Never? Never. 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 It's always either Coach. Actually, Coach is taking over my first name. It's Coach Block all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I I email people and all I get back is Coach. Like, no matter who. Like I get somebody who's not even in that world with me. I still get the word coach. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, yeah, I'm good with that now. I think that's <laughs> I like. I never even have to remember your name and be like, what up, coach? What up, coach? That's it. But There's so that- many dudes. I don't know their names. It's just, what's up, coach? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know Kenneth and it's on. Every time I see your name, I'm like, Kenneth, you know better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, if you're tuning in right now, we are live. This is behind the scenes. You get to see the behind the scenes before it goes on to the podcast. Uh, So if you know somebody who would like to watch this live, please tag them, um, share this podcast and give it a like. Let us know that you're here. Uh, Comments, as you say, will be put on the screen so we can all read them together. Uh, So our decide storyteller, like I said, is Kenneth. I did. I can't help it. I want to say Kenneth all the time. Well, Coach Blocker. Most uh, most people know him as Co- Coach Block. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth. <laughs> I have all right. To- <laughs> all right. It's okay. That'll be our thing then. You can call me Kenneth. Okay. <laughs> people make over 35,000 decisions daily. And today mm-hmm. I want to talk with you about one of your decisions on how you went from having your own program to deciding to train players and youth people today. But before we even get in there, I want to know, can you just take us back to how all of this started? How did you discover that you even wanted to coach? So (laughs) I had played decent in college enough to get an opportunity to have some schools. I mean, decent in high school enough to have schools that wanted to give me scholarships. So I had uh, Michigan, Virginia Tech, and Michigan, Virginia Tech, and Notre Dame. And the beauty of that was I had schools and I had opportunity. The bad part about it was I did not have the confidence in myself to attend those universities. So what ended up happening is I chose to go to an HBCU, um, Winston-Salem State University. 
And I learned the business side of football quick because I didn't know too much about in-state, out-of-state. And so I didn't have money to pay for school. They only were going to give me a half a scholarship. And my mom didn't have the money to give me the other half. So guess what? Back to Pittsburgh. So I had to go back to Pittsburgh. I attended Duquesne University. Duquesne at that time was a non-scholarship school. So I was pretty much on my own. My football career got cut short because I had to make the decision of, do I play football or do I work? Because I had to pay for school. I had missed the opportunity for scholarships or the window for scholarships. And Duquesne was a non-scholarship school. So I ended up playing. I mean, I ended up coaching, not coaching, so I ended up uh, working and not playing football. And then life started. So with all the idle time that I used to have from football, guess what? I had a kid and all that, so it was over. Football was done. I was turned into the working world and went to college and got a you know degree in, psych- in psychology. So we'll come back to those those nuggets in a second. So when that was over, I started coaching because my mom wanted to play football with his real passion during the time you were playing. So I didn't want my mom just to go with anyone because I didn't know how serious this was. I didn't know the intensity that was out there with the Pittsburgh fashion. Are you saying that you didn't know that women really could? I did. I was, I was a non-believer at first. I'm not going to lie to you. So that's why I'm like, who's out here. I got to see this for myself. And when I did, I was like, yeah, I got to get on the staff. So luckily there was opportunity. I spoke with the owner, Teresa Khan at the time, and she put me on the staff. And luckily I got a chance to meet a great, a multitude of people out of that situation where we're here right now. And one of my best friends, uh, Charles Martin, who's a great coach. I met him as well there. And once the Pittsburgh passion for us was done, we moved on to actually, we went from professional football with you guys down to youth. And that's where my journey kind of continued. I coached youth football in the feeder program for George Novak at Woodland Hills High School, which was awesome because I got to meet a lot of people who come through his system because at a time, Coach Novak had the most active NFL players in the league at one time. And if anybody's never seen Coach Novak's um, Hall of Fame underneath the stadium at Woodland Hills uh, Wolverine, I strongly advise you do that because it's amazing. So I got a chance to work with him and their feeder program. But during that time, I worked for Football University, which was which is the largest football training a company for youth and high school players. Um, I worked for the uh, U.S. Army All-American Bowl game, which is the basically the Pro Bowl for high school athletes. Uh, I got a chance to be a scout for that. Um, traveled with that. Coached with Nike for a while. Coach Martin and I coached with them for about four or five years for free. Like, all they gave you was gear. So I got my shoes. <laughs> yeah, all you, get is, all you get is gear with that. But it, it's a, it was a great opportunity to end up coaching with some guys that in, and then they end up being in the NFL. Like I got a picture with Todd Gurley when he was in high school and there's other guys that I didn't know that would pan out. So that's fun. Then uh, I met Coach Terry Smith through camps and combines and he gave me the opportunity to go to Gateway High School. Coach Smith is now the assistant head coach of Penn State. Um, from there, I got a chance to go to Aaron Donald's home over in uh, Penn Hills. And I didn't get a chance to coach Aaron. He graduated the year before I got there, but he did come back and visit. So, you know, I got a chance to be over there. Then from Penn Hills, I got the opportunity to go out moon. And that's where we linked up again at moon. And, you know, we had a great season together there um, and did some great things. And then 
from there, I looked for a bigger opportunity. And I took my resume and started floating it out and got the opportunity to come down to North Carolina, where I'm at now, and became a uh, college coach, E2, running back coach. Um, and then from there, after that was over, I said, I'm going to take my stab at being a high school head coach. And I put my resume out and got the opportunity to be a head coach and ran my own program for four years. And so what has taken me to the point where I'm at now is I've seen that there were so many things missed along that pathway for myself, for other coaches, for other players, as far as dealing with the social and emotional side of football. I mean, it's such a roller coaster, you know, that I've noticed that if I was to tell somebody as a as a player, if my arm is hurt, you would have a team of people around my arm. But if I told people that my emotions were messed up, my head was messed up, the only thing they would treat me for is a concussion. But nobody really dives into why I feel the way I feel or, you know, performance anxiety or any of these things. Nobody really talked about that. So when I became a head coach, I kind of used my team as as an experiment. And we dove more into the emotional side and using Maslow's theory of a hierarchy of need and me really taking the time to address the needs of my players more so than talk about X's and O's. Um, when I hired my staff, my staff, I, didn't, I never talked about X's and O's with my staff. I just talked about how they built relationships and most of them were teachers. So how they built relationships with their students. And then I hired them based on that. So we were kind of a mid-fit bunch of guys, but once we got it gelled together, we created a legendary season, um, two legendary seasons that the high school had never experienced before. Um, we went eight and four, but that eight and four, we ran the table eight and oh through our conference, played for a conference championship, hosted a playoff game. Uh, we've done so many different things with that. You can Google Coach Kim Blocker. I don't like to talk about it too much. And, you know, that's kind of what took me to my pathway now of training people, uh, training young athletes and dealing with youth athletes to be able to, I mean, youth uh, coaches to be able to really help them with planting those seeds because that's really where it starts. Wow. So yeah. you pretty much ran my whole decide process right now because it sounds like, okay, discovered. <laughs> so let, let, let me just, let's just unpack all this, right? So okay. a while before you discovered that uh, actually you wanted to play ball mm -hmm. and you discovered back then that you didn't have that confidence level to get mm -hmm. to where you Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you had to embrace uh, what you could do. You had to just, you know what, I'm just going to get my degree and I'm going to live like the everyday man. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to make some babies and <laughs> bring home the bacon. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At age 19. <laughs> At age 19. We're young. And it's like we're making these strong decisions because I know I can work. Mm -hmm. I'm that, but I'm not confident in my mental like state at a, a D1 school. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what I'm capable. Of. I know what my fear is allowing me to be capable of. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So from there, now we're embracing that, and out of nowhere, we're back at the the discovery part. That you know what, your mom forced you back into things. You know, mm -hmm. forced. You football because you're just living life you just like you gave up on this whole football dream you weren't even looking to touch on nope. coaches like football's over i'll make yep. the babies <laughs> so now mom's like look man it might be over for you but now i'm gonna play yeah 
wow, that, that I, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. So I, I'm telling you, I'm listening. Now, <laughs> mom decided. Mom decided she's gonna play, mm-hmm. and you got all like protective. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm there for my mom. Yep. So one position. One thing I don't know is when you were in high school, what position were you playing? I was a running back. You were a running back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, your mom was what position was she going for? D line. D line. That is right. I do remember. I do remember. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So yes. So mom's on the line, and you just you know football. So you're there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go ahead and support your mom. All right. So now we're there. We're gonna support mom. We're like, wait a second. These women. They can really do it. Football. They're yeah. not just out there talking about you know what lingerie <laughs> stuff. We are playing football. Yes. So then, then you met Felicia. You're like, oh my god, I saw how Felicia played. You really decided that, you know, you were going to protect your mom. So now mom put you on a whole nother, like she did a whole path for you. Yeah. So now mom got you in there. You're looking at this and you embrace the fact that, you know what? I like this mm-hmm. on coaching. So now you're, you're, what happened with you with the passion that you just stopped coaching? No. So what happened was there was a change of the head coach. And so once the head coach came in, the new guy, uh, Coach Coder, came with his own staff. And so there was no place for us, which was kind of sad because we were, we were ready to roll because we had such a good time. We just missed the playoffs by like one game that year. So, but when Coach Coder made, came in with his uh, new staff, then, uh, there was no place for us. So, yeah. yeah. You can't bring up old wounds like that. You can't say we missed something. <laughs> you know? One game. We missed the playoffs by one game. I I have I I I've got to a point now that I don't do those like um memory like time warps like I don't go back in time I try my best not to like go There's back. There's a lot there. So, but it's like yeah okay I, I like that I like that or so so now there's a new coaching staff and you you were like look I had to embrace the fact that I now I love football mm-hmm. I still be in this world and you embrace that that this is this is your calling this is what you want to do yeah. so. By embracing that, you were like, okay, I'm not on here. What do I need to do? I want to still coach. And you know who's open to take whoever on? <laughs> you. You're like, you know what? I'm willing to spend your evenings with these kids at no money, no yeah. dollars, no distress. You can coach. <laughs> you have these skills that are at a semi-pro level. You know, yeah. some of these, some professional, some semi-pro. You're there. Hold on. <laughs> you're there. <laughs> And uh, I have to show this because not only are you taking me on a memory <laughs> lapse, we got <laughs> yes by three points, yes, yeah, yeah. Those time warps, oh. I, I can't go back there. So Chuck, we're gonna take your comment away, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So okay, so let's 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 stay where we we're at. All right, so yeah. um, you you decided you embraced the fact that you wanted to coach, mm-hmm. but. No longer on a coaching staff. So you're like in this place. What do I do? Do I just quit and go start making the babies again? Or mm-hmm. do I go help figure out how to stay in this world? So right. now you're you go to the youth level and you're coaching these youth as kids. And then you were like, you know what? I'm good. I'm yeah. gonna stay. So while you're coaching these youth, how long did you stay in the in the youth area? How long were you there? Uh man, almost three and a half years. Three years. Okay, three and a three half, and half make- years, man. Oops. Uh, we did not. Well, yes. So what happened was with one league, 
Coach Martin and I coached together. So Miles Sanders, who is now the uh, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, he was our kid. He he was on our team when he was just a little itty bitty guy. Um, So I coached there one year and I coached two years at uh, another feeder program for the same high school. So Woodland Hills High School has um, uh, Woodland Hills Youth and then they had Swissville Flashes. So I left from Swissville and coached at Woodland Hills. Same kid, same stuff. But um, yeah, so I was within that whole round for three years. Okay, so you go from women to children. Children. (laughs) (laughs) Developmental type groups. Mm -hmm. All right, Mm -hmm. but ones they're grown and the other ones are adolescents. Okay, so Mm -hmm. so you're dealing with is you're in there for three years and all wins. I don't care Mm -hmm. who they are. Players that wherever they go, I think that's the sign of a two coach. You can't forget. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So I, I love that. All right. So now we're conditioning. No, so you start getting better from there. From there, you're like, you know, let me go ahead and tap into these other markets because you got this fire in you that you want to coach. And yeah. you say, like, okay, we're done with the youth. We need to go ahead and start going to higher levels again. What I mean, where where did that come from? Um, it was just because I knew te- I knew. I knew Coach Smith from Duquesne because when I was at Duquesne as a player, he was the wide receiver coach. And so when I seen him walking across the field and I was at, happened to be at the same location, I just said, the hell with it. I'm going for it. So I walked straight up to him like, yo, Coach Smith, remember me? And I know it was one of those ones like, man, I ain't seen you in years. But when I talked to him, I'm like, Coach, I've been grinding. I coach youth football now. I'm just trying to get in uh, at high school level. And what's funny about that is I did not start off as a position coach. He told me yes, but my job was only to watch film. And he was like, man, if you can watch film, you'll always have a job because coaches don't want to do it. So my job at first was only watching film. And what's funny about that is my job at Shaw University, the reason why I got a college job was to watch film. So anybody who's watching this and they think it's just cut and dry, easy, apply, you get the job. If you want to get in on a cheat sheet level, volunteer to watch film. No coach on any level really wants to do it. If they have somebody they can trust that can break down film, you'll have a job. I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. I got, I, my journey is getting on to every staff I could possibly get into. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can coach. Let me in. Let me, uh, let me in. Mm -hmm. I, I feel you. I feel that journey that you have. But let's, <laughs> so now you you got into a staff because you were hungry. You wanted to mm-hmm. get into staff. Um, I still don't understand why did you want to move up? Why not just become a career youth level coach? Well, because what's funny is you start to see the need for what you do on the next level. So it has never been about X's and O's. What happens is when the, co- when the kids that we would coach at the high school, for whatever reason, we must have provided them something where they would still come check with us on the youth level. So then what that's where the social and emotional piece kind of start to develop. And that relational that relationship piece is so important that, you know, I talk about is because at that time I didn't realize it. I just thought they were coming to me because I thought I was the greatest coach in the world. But really there was a social and emotional piece that I had added to them being more than just a coach that they weren't ready to relinquish. And so really I'm following them. They're not following me. I'm following them because when they said, coach, come here, can you do this for me? And I'm there 
And then I see an opportunity, so I stay. So that's really how me moving up turned into seeing that, oh, there's a need on this level. Okay, then there's another need on this level. And there's another need on this level. And until I got to the head coaching piece, and I'm like, I've been on every single level besides NFL, and the same need is there, which is young men and women needing more than just X's and O's. All right. No, I completely agree with that. Uh, so who did you, so you're going to all these camps, you're coaching everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did you include on this whole journey with you? Because it sounded like you had a bestie who was with you. Yeah. and that, uh, yeah. Charles, Chuck, Coach Chuck, Chuck Martin, Charles Martin. Um, he, uh, so when I first met Chuck, um, what's funny is I didn't know as much as I knew about defense as I thought. Because in high school, the other thing that I that makes me a coach that really wants to deal with fundamentals and building kids up is in high school, they just relied on my talent. I didn't really get coached until I got to college. Um, they just told me, get the ball, find the open hole, and run. So when I met Chuck, the first thing I asked him was, tell me what techniques are. Tell me what coverages mean. And he kind of looked at me like, what? Because I didn't know. I only knew the offensive side of ball. So. He and I got became friends because he kind of was familiar with me a little bit from being at Central Catholic and him being at CMU. And so we were in the same areas but didn't know each other. And when we finally got a chance to talk, we knew football on a level where we could sit down like no different than two people who speak Spanish or English is their primary language. You just immediately start to bond with that person because they're speaking your native tongue. And that's what ended up happening. And then I carried me and him carried each other. Through Nike and through uh, through uh, Gateway, I remember when I got the interview for Gateway, he and another friend named Art Williams was like, "Don't worry about us, man. You just worry about yourself." But inside of my interview, I was like, "I know another coach. I know another coach." And and I got stuck in with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, did you um, do anything? Did you include anyone else in your journeys? So uh, there's another gentleman by the name of Art Williams who I included in the journey. Um, and Art ended up staying at Gateway the longest. Um, and then we went to Penn Hills together uh, because the one thing about coaching is, as you know, it is a fraternity and a lot of it is who you know. So like, and when when me and you got linked back up in a full circle again at Moon, of course I'm going to put you on. I know where you come from. I know where you know Paul. So it's one of those things where, yeah, you got to hire her or, you know, it doesn't really make that the, the gender part doesn't make a difference when you got the network. It's like either, you know, ball or you don't know ball. So um, wherever I've gone, my network of people has grown. So I have a huge network back at home of coaches who on the youth level, high school level and collegiate level where, you know, that's kind of what you do. Once you get into the fraternity, you just pull people wherever you go. So how did you maintain your determination through all this? Because now you're, you know, you're going to different levels. You're going to different camps. You're going from different staffs. Like mm-hmm. what, what motivated you? What brought that out? So, so the, the, the crazy thing is, and this is, I mean, the gift and the curse. I've never been blessed to go to a program that is perfect. And I, I know no program is perfect, but the ones who are deemed like, Clemson level, where you go there, we win. This is, what, this is just what we do. I haven't been blessed with that. So the drive is to always get the players that are in there to get the confidence that 
you can play with the Clemsons and you can play with those programs, the Central Catholics that, you know, people think just because they step on the field, they've automatically won the game. I love coaching the underdog and making people see that the underdog can be just as much as a show dog as everybody else when you give them the right tool. So, yeah, that's that's really how it, the hunger happens, because most of the people I've coached haven't had the luxury to say that they were in a great position to even start with. I think that's the first time I've ever, ever heard someone put those two things together underdog and you can be the show dog you can be the show dog you can be a show dog you can come from being an underdog to the show dog i kind of like that you know? <laughs> okay all right all right so you um do you like read books or like listen to music does anything like internally get you hyped to go because i know so, you have all these teams and all these people what yeah. what motivates you that is a great question um because I really don't, I, I'm always, the energy from the people that I'm with motivates me. So like when I was a high school head coach, there is a whole article about, well, how did you get them hyped? And I told the interviewer, I don't know, cause I don't say, uh, I don't say pregame speeches. So I had something that was called the calm before the storm, which was completely different. So if you walked into our locker room before the game, nothing was on. There was no music. There was no, it was just completely quiet. You can hear uh rat piss on cotton. It was quiet. And it was just because I wanted the guys to play the game in their mind before they went out on the field. Like, so there's no reason for us to get so hyped up because then if we hit adversity, the only place you can go is down. So let's come in even kill. So now we can peak. And once we peak, we're probably picking ads. You know what I mean? But then if we do start to hit, low we're not so low that we can't get back up so that energy that i pulled from the players and all that man by the time the game was over even if we won i was exhausted like because i feed from them like from the players emotions man like literally during the game there's a couple times we won big games i'm crying at the end of the game and all that stuff that's on twitter too i don't know how i got there but it's on twitter crying and all that just because the motivation is just seeing the success of the players. And so what keeps me going is just seeing players grow and develop into just more than just athletes, but then, you know, seeing them developing into their professions or whatever they do, like even knowing some of the things that you've done or that you're doing, I'm like, yeah, go get it, go get it. Like, it's just, that's what helps motivate me to know if I can be a little bit of an influence, that's what motivates me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> No, I, um, I'm going to, well, wait a minute, let's, let's stay with this. So you get your energy from others <clears throat> and it's seeing them succeed or seeing that they have opportunities. And, you know, as a coach, I think that's what we do. We look and we can see the greatness in others and mm -hmm. our goal is to pull that out of them. Right. Mm -hmm. and when you see that, you get excited. You mm -hmm. get happy. I love that. Uh, my uh, my team this year, I, I I made them all quiet. I'm like, no, quiet. I don't want to hear nothing. It's it, you got to get your mind right. That mindset yeah. ready to go. So I I see you. I recognize you. Uh, <laughs> okay, so now we're done coaching. We've had our whole our progress. I mean, our 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 own team. We've been at the college, down to youth, and back forth everywhere. Mm -hmm. And women, mm -hmm. uh, you're not back at the baby factory anymore you are now i mean how are you evolving what what's going on right now 
So now what I'm doing is working with really the social and emotional piece because what I learned as a head coach is nobody discussed discuss this with our youth at all. Um, they're so engaged into social media and Instagram and they can take pictures and get, you know, so many people to follow them that they don't develop any in, internal substance that or an identity that they can hold on to for when things get tough with them. The one thing about, you know, us and even our parents and our grandparents is they had an identity that whenever things got tough, they knew what to fall back on. But if I'm only falling back on followers, then I don't really have much to follow back on because we all know that those people come and go. So what we're working on now is myself and I'm partnering with LeVar Arrington's company called Warrior Woke. What we've done now is created uh, basically a super comprehensive and intensive psychological program where we address the mind as no different than the bicep. So we're training your mind the same way you would train with curls. So there's workshops that we do virtually and we meet with the kids once a week, depending on how intent you want to go. It could be more than once a week. So um, the key to this uh, program is called the arc of success, where basically you come in with a desired result. So then now how do we get the desired result to match exactly the reality of where you're at? And then that area, that arc in between is what we're working on. So you're here. You see yourself here. How do we get to that level to where you're going to have the dips, you're going to have the peaks and valleys, but you don't give up on yourself? Because you and I both know so many athletes are so super critical of themselves and people have no idea what they go home and deal with just because of performance. Just because you have a bad game, we know people that will just think the world is coming to an end, but you know, nobody's there to work them through. But if I am a pitcher and I threw my arm out, I'm going to have a team of people come work on that arm. So we want to just pair the mental with the physical so that we can create ultimate performance for, for youth athletes and, and, and above, because it also goes into college as well. All right, Seth, Seth Whitted, I may have said that wrong, but he just wrote, is a much needed program, much respect. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So, um, yeah, I completely agree with you, especially in this. So now we are in the now of the co of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So everything we do is the now. Everything, everybody's taking mental health so much more critical. And mm -hmm. how are we doing that? Um, I understand you. I see you. I recognize you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> we are similar in coaching styles that way, you know. Mm -hmm. at, I can't see working with an athlete without understanding the full athlete. Mm -hmm. You know, it's full 360. You can't just look at somebody like, okay, well, you like right now I'm in track season, hence the shirt. And I know everybody was wondering what it is. So no, but anyway, we are, yeah, we are, you know, I, I can't just tell a kid to run and then, you know, what else is going on in their mind? Like you mm -hmm. can see that wrong. something's happening in their head and it's, it's like, it's, 80% mental game, yep. you know, 80% mental, that, that ability is there. You can just go and run, but it comes down to like, Hey, that mental, that mindset yep. really matters. I'm very impressed that you are doing that. Now is your program actively running now? Yes. Yeah, so the, what, what has happened is LeVar pretty much set up the, uh, his company set up the mental side. What mm -hmm. I've done is take the recruiting aspect and everything that I got as a head coach, 
add in the physical side. So if you come to a camp, my camp is called the First and Gold Showcase. When you come to the First and Gold Showcase, we literally scrub you from head to toe, from your social media to your mental and emotional side and your physical side. So when you come to us, we do all of this in one camp. So you pay 125 bucks and you go through these, the psychological evaluation and workshop that we put you through. Your parents go through uh, a recruiting seminar where we have two academic advisors that make sure you're on the right track in the actual camp itself. And then we've invited rivals and Max Prep and all those guys. We invite them to the actual camp to perform. I mean, not to watch you perform. And then we have uh, Prep Red Zone. Um, if, if people don't know what Prep Red Zone is, Prep Red Zone is a uh, certified, um, uh, I guess, an editor where he he doesn't do the stars. He gives you viable stuff that you can hold on, tangible evaluation that you can hold on to. And he's certified by the NCAA. His name is Ed Brooks. So anybody who's in the social media world, if you go Google Ed Brooks at Prep Red Zone, he creates uh, actual bios for kids versus just giving a star and calling it a day because as as we all know and if we don't know I'll let you know the star system is also political I had a, a young man uh, when I coached him he was a six foot six defensive end uh, and went to Duke and he got moved from a three star to a four star just because of the schools that were recruiting him it wasn't because of his play the guy who came to my school from rivals.com said, who else is recruiting them? I said uh, Notre Dame and gave a, a list of other schools that were recruiting them. Later that night, this is on a Tuesday. Later that night, he was a four. He went from a three star to a four star. So, as a coach, eh, you can believe in those stars or not. But we make sure that we give you all of this inside of the program. And now with me training kids um, on in season and off, I still offer Warrior Woke for what uh, they offer in conjunction with me. So if you work out with me or you train me, then you're also going to deal with LeVar Arrington's company, Warrior Woke, so that we can deal with the social, emotional, and the physical uh, attributes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to get to the fun part. Okay. (laughs) One fact about you. Give me, just get, let us know a little bit more about you. Give us one fun fact about you or a little known fact about you. A little known fact. Oh, man, if Chuck Martin is watching, you probably got a whole bunch. Uh, fun fact about me is what I do to <laughs> what I do after games or anytime that I'm in something stressful or anything, I watch <laughs> Family Guy. I watch cartoons. Like, <laughs> so I can get done with a game and coach my ass off in a game. And it could be the most intense thing. And I'll come home and watch like Shrek. To be completely honest, Shrek is on my TV right now. <laughs> like, I watch cartoons, man. <laughs> you know what? I, I have um, my Friday night uh, routine right now. Well, during COVID, uh, when it first happened and mm-hmm. just not, it just came on. But RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> my, my my husband cannot stand it at all. He's I can't like, stand it either. My my but, wife watches it too. Yes. Like, yeah, I, I can't stand it. I can't. It, <laughs> it's fashion and uh, fun, and I'm like, how are they doing this? And it makes me want to be a better woman. I. <laughs> I, 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 I 
if they can do that, I'm like, I need to step up my game. You know? But it, it is, but I understand what you're saying. The the whole like when you watch something, it takes you away from everything that was going on. So if it's yeah. cartoon that does it for you, I mean, yeah, that do it for you. You can watch your cartoon. Mine, I'm watching drag queens. Friends, <laughs> <laughs> like so it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's get real serious now. All right, serious. Real serious. Um, I need your unpopular opinion. Everybody thinks this, but I think this. About what? It doesn't matter. Anything. Give me an unpopular opinion. Everybody thinks that the women who are being blessed with opportunity in the NFL is because of just a push for, I guess, equality in the workplace. But anybody who has worked with the women who are getting the opportunity and have seen these women play and compete know that they are just as deserving as the men in that opportunity. And I argue this point, but you really have to know or be in the fact that you've coached women's football to know that these women deserve the opportunity just as much as men. And that's super unpopular. I argue with people about that all the time. They think the women are just getting skate. They're just skating. Yeah. Okay. So I can't, this is a hard one for me to, uh, not, it's really easy. I'm not going to lie. I completely agree with you. Most people say I'm on the opposite end, but with you, I have to agree with you. And I, as soon as you say it, I'm like, my heart's like, yes, yes. You know, uh, not only that, this is, this is more than just that too. Like right now we're dealing with, um, a lot of black women, a lot of minority, a lot of our brown, black women, whatever, everybody is getting promoted or mm-hmm. something. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, are they doing it because of this is our, the social thing happening right now? Mm-hmm. Or is it, it, they are well deserving mm-hmm. of it. And I think mm-hmm. uh, with you touching on women in the NFL, refs, coaches, mm-hmm. you know, it, you have to have that. And I, I this is a way, and I, I, I can use this kind of in both worlds uh, when it comes down to being a, a black, uh, a, a black person or being a female coach, um, having that same cultural experience mm-hmm. that, don't have so they don't understand so you had that cultural experience you've been in that world with mm-hmm. women playing football and you understand like, this is real yeah. they, are, they are really hitting each other we are really yeah. wearing pads we are really taking someone out you yeah. know you can understand the respect that these people have gotten because they've done those steps mm-hmm. they, i appreciate you saying something like that because in this world right now that's what people want to say they want to discount the amount of uh years influence or the amount of um it's not that we people are paying somebody to get a position or they mm-hmm. got one on somebody else or they beat out some man for this position because just because they're a woman it's because mm-hmm. they have skill set because yeah. why would you put a person in that position who cannot and a very public position yeah out there you can't put somebody there in that position if they don't know what they're talking about and it also so down here one of the things that um, I thought I was going to get flat for, but I didn't. And uh, I put on a uh, my wide receiver coach the year we went eight and zero was a woman, and the there was different factors that she brought to the table besides just being a woman. She was alumni to the school. She was also the girls' basketball coach, 
And so she knew coaching, you know what I mean? And the biggest part about being successful on that football field is relationships. I have watched players trust bad coaches just because the relationship. And you're like, that information is dead wrong. But you'll see that player do that wrong motion at 100 miles per hour just because of trust. So what I'm what I'm liking to what I what I'm starting to see in the NFL and what I'm starting to see even on the college ranks, which is why the transfer portal is so big. Players are now starting to take control over who's coaching them. Like if I have a loud enough voice on the NFL team and say, you know what, I got a good relationship with her. She should move up because guess what? I trust her. It shouldn't be, well, she's a woman. No, if, if this woman can get me to reach peak performance, you're hired. And so when USA Today interviewed me about that, well, why would you? Look, if she can get any of these players to be the best player they can be, I don't care if she's purple. I don't care what she is. The goal is to make sure we get maximum performance from our players. So I do think that we need to look at that when we're talking about professional sports because for so long you've had players be miserable because the coaching atmosphere isn't right. You know, it, it, it when people talk about, oh, sports are slavery, at times you feel like that when you don't have the right coach. I'll be honest. But when you can get people that you trust, and then especially we are male, female, we bring in different, you know, mindsets to things. If you can get a female mindset, to something that another set of eyes or even if it's a more nurturing feeling, because I know one thing, sometimes all that ego and all that stuff, you need somebody to put an arm around you and say, come here, man, let me talk to you. You know what I mean? You need it. So if you can get that balance on your staff, kudos to you. See, I, I don't coddle L. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, coach. I coach football. And when it comes down to these kids, they will come up to me and say, you're like, they love the kids. The kids love being coached by me. Mm-hmm. I know they say it to me. They come back to me. Just like you said, these kids, they they keep coming back to you. Why? Is it because mm-hmm. you're like, our coach or is it the fact that you built a relationship and it's not just a relationship you build a relationship that provided value to them mm-hmm. so if you provide a value to those kids they would not have came back to you right. and it's you can provide a value by saying okay i'm gonna go ahead and buy you things i can go ahead and do this they know they can <laughs> What they were getting from you is something that they were able to use at every level of their life. So yeah. they may have you in youth, but they got in high school and college yeah. back to you still because something about what you were able to do, they valued. Yes. I get kids up to me today. Like it's now I'm, at, I'm getting to this age now that I'm, I'm digging it because uh, the kids I've coached when they were younger are now older and some yeah. are in college. Are coming back so you can say it, you're getting old. Say it. I'm getting, no, I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> You know what? Some of us get, um, you know, just I'm like wine. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's <laughs> okay, fine wine. You age Okay. Yes, my value is the older I get. But the kids are coming back to me, and they're saying the like they they'll say things like, uh, "You're like you were like my mom, mm-hmm. but you knew what you were doing. like. You knew what you were doing. You were like mm-hmm. just because." But they hear that voice, mm-hmm. and they immediately listen so i think that's something what having a woman on your staff does mm-hmm. is just automatically like okay if you put her in front of me she must know what she's doing right. they're not going to put her in front of me who doesn't know what they're doing right. and, uh, 
I can talk. See, you're you're in my you're in my world now, so I can't. Trust me, about you. You and I are about to have a conversation. You're over here taking me on a digital time warp. Now you're raising women. Like, okay, fine. You're my favorite person of the day. Okay, thank you. I'll take that. I'll take that. So I know I'm very impressed with you and it is a decision to truly like hire somebody. Hold on. Let me put this on. Uh, We got a message from Chuck Martin. She was the best. She was his best coach. Who is she? Oh, oh, uh, he's talking about the lady on my, on my team. Keisha. Keisha Smith. He was my best coach because Chuck used to come down and watch our games. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. She was like she was. She was the most detailed. <laughs> she was the most detailed. I'll take that because a lot of guys we just think we know and assume. So she would always come into the meetings ready, taking notes, all that stuff. And then when it came down to getting the most out of her players, she was the one that was able to get the most out of her her group. She had the wide receivers. So if by chance anybody who's watching, her name is Lakeisha Smith, L A K E I S H A Smith. If you Google her name in the high school, is Enlo, E-N-L-O-E. Uh, her USA Today article come up, man. They inter- USA Today interviewed her, and it was pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. cool. Very cool. Well, thank you. I mean, that is a decision to make to sit there and to bring up a woman into it because you don't have to do that. You can literally just say, you know what? I got all these men that I've been trying to get on. Why do I need to give her the, the, the chance? And, mm-hmm. um, did it because she was good, not because mm-hmm. she was not a publicity stunt. Um, and she she knew her stuff. And yeah. that's the thing. I think when every woman, and I can speak mainly for myself, if I'm on your staff, you have me not because I'm black, not because I'm a woman, not because I'm gorgeous or or I'm tall, yeah. all yes. the other things. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. But it's you have me on there because of my skill set. And I love the fact that that's what you discovered about yourself. Like mm-hmm. back in the and I'm just going to go through this again. You did. I'm so thankful to have you here today on our on telling your decide story. Um, you discovered a long time ago that you your confidence um, was not there to go to the major colleges. And then mm-hmm. from there, like you just embraced that and it was like you gave up. You just mm-hmm. stopped. Mm-hmm. And then your mother like sparked that interest into you again. And you were like, you know what? I discovered I want to still be a coach. I still want to be yep. in the coach. So now, you know, you went from your confidence to getting it, getting it back because your mom, you want to go ahead and protect her. So, you know, not only that, not only are you like taking care of people's emotional side now, you did that back then with your mom. You're like, you know what? No, I'm going to make sure I'm going to protect my mother back mm-hmm. then and just mm-hmm. be the coach. So now you're embracing that, that you still want to be in a coaching world because now that job is over. Now, what do I do next? Now I'm going to go to the youth level and I'm going to sit there and make sure that everyone at that youth level is confident, too. So you're building those people up and building those relationships at that point. Then you condition by keep going to different coach, different high schools. Um, You're doing camps. You're going all over the place. And you're also Mm -hmm. bringing, including your best friend with you, Mm -hmm. you know, Charles Kenneth, you know. That is a okay. Charles and Kenneth, the coaches galore. You take it there. You guys are going everywhere, making sure that you are really looking at an athlete all the way around, um, helping them with that emotional development, helping them with that physical development. Um, and then moving on, you stay determined by like watching them succeed. Every mm-hmm. time they see, you just got 
even hungrier. Like, you know what? I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm going to keep going. Because every time I see a person succeed from youth to high school, from middle school, from women, I'm just, you, you just, you, you just, hawk, they're hawking it out right now, just getting bigger and bigger. Like now, you know what? I don't even want to coach no more. I'm going to be training these people. I'm I just want to have. Yeah, you evolved into a point that now you are, you're, you're developing programs to help the athlete, the total athlete, the warriors. What did you call it? The warriors Warrior woke. Mm-hmm. You're helping. Yeah. So, now, so thank God you weren't confident back then because now you are. You went 360 for yourself. You are now building confidence in everyone else. And yeah. I want to thank you for that because Thanks. you, you are, you pulled up a woman on your staff. I mean, you've already done it. You've done it all, and now you're giving it back and empowering others. So yeah. for that, I want to say bravo. Thank you so much for being you. Honestly, I, I really think your decisions in life um, are uh, one that we need to watch and just stay. How do we How do we follow you? Where do we um, find you at? So all my social media is at Coach Block. So Twitter. Um, Instagram and Facebook. And then if you want to just see the stuff that I do where it's football. So when you see at Coach Block, that's going to be family, friends, and football. But if you just die hard football, it's first and goal 365. And you can get that. So Coach Block is for personal stuff like me, where I just give a little bit more and you'll see my daughters and all that stuff because I got three of them. And then uh, first and goal is for all football related stuff and that's where it's a little bit more diehard coach block, but yeah, so that's it. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I love having you on today. Can you leave us with some, leave us with a golden nugget? Give us something good. Okay, cool. The way that you get things to manifest inside your life is to have an imagination. So you have to first believe it inside your mind that it can be real, right? So I got to see it to be able to believe it. And then after you have the manifestation inside your mind to just dream, I don't care what your dream is, to just dream it, you can make it happen if you have faith, right? So if you can dream it, you can do it. You got to have faith behind the fact that you can do it, right? Here's the biggest part. Faith without work is dead. So you got to be able to see it. You got to be able to just dream it. If you in, In your mind, whatever your dream is, dream as big as you want. Have faith that you can do your dream, but don't forget you always got to be able to put in the work. So never just accept no. Just know that you have to go a different route to get it done. All right? And don't compare yourself with other people. Compete. Don't scroll and think that just because XYZ has something, you can't get it or you can't do better. So don't compare. Compete. Dream big, have faith, and put your faith to work. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone who's listening. Thank you for everyone who's watching. And Coach Block, which he's Kenneth to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Cinnamon Sugar Toast. To watch the video or leave a comment for our Decide Storyteller or me, visit cinnamonsugartoast.com. Have a Decide Story to share? Leave me a message. I hope you'll join me again next week as we hear another Decide Story. And if you want help to take the next step in your pursuit of success, to amplify the leader within, visit FeliciaMysick.com.